a good time. All that stuff. All right. Well, hey, we can't spend all day talking about old times. We got to talk about new times here on the Enemy Slime podcast, episode number 133. I am your usual host, Jared, and I am joined today by Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey, buddy. How's it going? I got me a Mr. Doug Wilson. Hey, hey, hey. Caught him out by the playground on my phone. Now he's here. My and... life is eternal hell in that ball. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I have Lucia Lorenzino. I wasn't cut anywhere, I guess. By the way, if you guys missed it, just a little internet nugget for you. Uh, there is a MMA fighter. I forget his name. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he lost a fight the other day, and he lost it real bad by getting kneed in the face, and it made a giant dent in his forehead and, like, cracked his skull. And um, he was not having a very good time, and he's, like, writhing on the floor, bleeding everywhere, and his opponent takes a plastic Pokeball and rolls it at him and hits him, like, in the side with the Pokeball, and then he puts on an Ash Ketchum hat and throws up the peace sign in the middle of the ring to celebrate his victory. Yep. That's probably the best thing the internet's ever been responsible for, ever. So, um, thanks, thanks for that, internet. Uh, <laughs> he he permanently disfigured a man and then threw a pokeball at him. <laughs> dude, that dude was fucked up. That's a class act. Did you see it, Doug? Have you seen like I saw like uh, a picture of his skull. Yeah, that dude like, got the X-ray, and I was like, well, that that's not gonna look normal ever. That dude got messed up. I forgot his name. It's like Orchid, or it's it's a single like he doesn't have a last name. Cyborg, that's his name. Which I is bet kind he of doesn't a, remember his last name either. Cyborg is kind of a funny name for somebody who's probably going to slowly become more man than or more machine than man. He, he has to have a plate in his head. I, I, I mean, with that kind of damage, so he is basically going to be a cyborg. Yeah, he's going to start literally becoming a cyborg, and then 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 come the arms. But still, imagine those headbutts in the future in the MMA. Take that, Pokemon kid. Yeah, I don't know if he has a future in the MMA. Yeah, it seems like if your skull caves in, that might affect your uh, professional sporting. But uh, I don't know. Who are we to say? Here or there, but we do know that Pokemon Go is the craze that's sweeping the nation, and we do know that this fall we have the upcoming Pokemon Sun and Moon, the title for the 3DS that millions of people will pick up and completely fail to understand because it's much more complex than the version that they got on their phone that their kids convinced them was cool. Uh, so that'll be fun. We're all going to really enjoy that. Should we talk about these new Pokemon that they revealed today really quick? Why not? Let's just run through them. You don't sound excited. Are you? Do you think? You know what? I can barely contain my excitement. <laughs> so let's see. I'm gonna play the. I'm gonna play I'm the, super excited. Play the video here and walk you through them real quick. So we got uh, Wimpod, who is a wimp. A wimp, I guess. And he's, yes, he's kind of a. He's a bug type and a water type. His ability is basically the second he gets hit to just piece the fuck out and yeah, run away. Yeah, his ability says wimp out. What a bitch. So that's pretty cool. Um, let's see here. Next up is who is it? It is Bounce Sweet, the grass type pokemon who just looks like a really happy radish pretty much. Um, it's like Oddish except this one's called Bounce Sweet. It's basically a radish. It's a radish, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't fully understand comfy, comfy, comfy. It's probably comfy. It's also like a comfy. Uh, it is a fairy type, and it is also a veil of flowers. 
Yeah, that's very fairy like to be uh, to be fair. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty fairy esque. How long until the Pokemon company gets in trouble for uh, their their depictions of fairy related things? It's got to be a matter of time. Yeah, I don't know, man. Next up is Mudsdale. Uh, I, don't, I don't like the name, but I think he's all right. Really? I think he looks yeah. fucking stupid. I don't really like his feet. He's but... a he's a horse with dreadlocks. Um, what do you have against dreadlocks? Well, as, as we as we've covered many times, um, dreadlocks are bad. I guess uh, he's a ground type, and uh, he's a, a horse. He's a muddy or, horse. Or, or are you against him expressing his culture? <laughs> I don't fucking care. Thank you. Is that Jared story. is anti predator? Yeah, that's exactly it. I am worried that he might go invisible and then blow himself up. But that's what kind of what you want the Pokemon to do. Actually, that'd be super tight. So hopefully, I we want can a get predator that. type Pokemon. Uh, next up, we have uh, Mimikyu, which is a ghost fairy type Pokemon who we actually can't see uh, because they are wearing a disguise uh, that looks like Pikachu, like a really fucked up Pikachu. I think those two dots on its stomach are eye holes in the costume, I think. Um, I saw a more detailed description of Mimikyu in a Japanese magazine leak a few months ago. Um, so this one's not like brand new to me, uh, but I, I I like it. He's got he's he's, he's kind of neat. It's uh, he's a cosplayer. It, it, it just feels like there are no ideas. But then we have then we have the punniest of the bunch. Beware. Yeah. The what type is he? Normal and fighting? And he's just like a bear with a pink head. He's got a stupid little hat on. God, we're dumb. So there you go. Those are your those are your new Pokemon that you have to look forward to. Um I don't know. I felt like they were scraping the bottom of the well, you know, sometimes with X and Y. So it's it's astounding to me how much well there is to scrape down there. Like it just I, I don't do you think they'll ever stop? Could they ever stop? Some of their money. I mean, I don't know. When, when, um, I guess we'll just see. We'll see how it goes. What, what kind of animal have they, like, not used yet? I'm sure there has to be some sort of animal. I feel like it would have to be, like, very obscure and likely poisonous animals from parts of the world that we don't hear about Australia. very often. Have they done, like, a lemur yet? Is there a kangaroo Pokemon? There should be. Has to be. I don't know if there is. That's that seems like a pretty obvious. Maybe that's where they need to go is down under. Let's see. Kangaroo Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Kangaskhan. Kangaskhan. That's a green name. Yeah, that's that's like uh, first um, gen, I think. Really? They could, like they could revisit him. I'm pretty sure Kangaskhan's first gen. It might be second. Um, I don't fucking know. Where is it? Yeah, Kanto 115. So, yeah, Kangaskhan's been there from the get go. So now they got that one knocked out pretty, pretty quick. What about a uh, what about a koala koala Pokemon? Yep, nope, we got one of those. Uh, Koro Koro or no? Yeah, Koro Koro. Yukawala looks like his name is. There we go. How about a vending machine? <laughs> I think. That, do we have that yet? We might have that. We have a chandelier. Mountain Dew tour. We have a pile of trash. I want a router on. Yeah, I think. Basically, uh, Linksys router. Of I, <laughs> I know they've done monkeys, but have they ever done like a gorilla? 
Pri- Primeape? Is Primeape a Pokemon? I feel like he's more monkey. Or is that something that I made up? Well, it says no, Ape. Yeah, Ape, but he, he looks stupid. He, yeah, he's... They could do a cooler monkey. He's a pig monkey, no less. Uh, gorilla Pokemon. Let me see. I feel like there is one. Uh, Slacking. S-L-A-K-I-N-G. Yep. That's... He's, an, uh, he's a stupid design, so let's do another one that's cool. Like <laughs> Steel. I'll do a Steel, steel Ape. Actually, yeah, Steel Ape's pretty pretty sweet. And he's got big, big brass balls. Uh, slacking definitely leaves something to be desired. What generation's that? Three? Looks like. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'll let we'll let Doug design Pokemon from now on. I'm good at it. Yeah. There. Uh, I mean, we're not the first person to think of this because the fourth post is we need a gorilla Pokemon and a kangaroo Pokemon <laughs> on game FAQs. Uh, and they don't think Slacking and Kangaskhan counts, even though Kangaskhan is very literally a kangaroo. He's dumb. He's dumb looking. All right. Well, there you go. Nintendo, work on it. Get, get back get to your work. your shit together. Quit fucking around. Uh, what else is new? Uh, Telltale revealed their uh, Batman trailer today, so we finally have a better idea of what exactly that's going to look like. And... Um, I think, Lucio, you seemed like you were optimistic, right? Not really. I was just saying what I saw. Oh, okay. Lucio, you just didn't hate it as much as everybody else. Is that so? Maybe that. Maybe that's more accurate. I, I actually, I, I wouldn't say I hated it. I'm somewhat intrigued. Um, I think it takes a lot of restraint to get the Batman license and release a trailer for your game that you made about Batman and not show any of Batman's, like, villains. I already told you, so already, we already know that Falcone and Harvey Dent are there. We do, and I will be very pleased if they have the restraint to keep Harvey Dent, Harvey Dent for the entirety of the game. It's not going to happen. You don't put Harvey Dent if you're not going to make him two-face. That's <sighs> dumb. Just leave him there and and let him be. And... I wouldn't be surprised if he's not Harvey Dent for the remainder of the episode, of the first episode. I know, yeah. I know. I mean, that seems like that's pretty obviously what will happen. So... It's not that I was optimistic as much as what I think they're trying to do is go more for like the detective side of Batman, mm-hmm. which I think is something most Batman fiction kind of loses, especially in video games, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you have the detective mode in the Arkane games, but it's not really, you know, a mystery. It's just like look over here mode. Right. So I'm hoping that what they're doing is kind of like trying to do a mystery. But then you have the whole Harvey Dent thing, so I don't know if that's... Yeah. I think, uh, isn't Selena Kyle in the trailer, too? Uh, I didn't see her, but maybe. I, th- I, think, I feel like there was multiple villains who just weren't yet villains in the trailer. Well, Batman um, needs to have a bay. <laughs> oh, it took me a minute to think of what you were saying. I was thinking bay, like B-A-Y. Um, no, man, what the... Yeah, the Bay of Wayne. That's, that's why you're not on fleek, man. God, Jared. <laughs> hey, like, like a docking bay, you know? <laughs> like you would do with Catwoman. I've got something to dock in her bay, you know what there, I mean? There. <laughs> that was a slam dunk, Doug. <laughs> if we were in NBA Jam, you would have caught on fire right there. Digital high five for Doug. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, we, we have that reveal. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's a, right at the tail end of the trailer... Uh, I don't know if you guys heard it. Maybe I'm just going crazy. Maybe I only heard it. But uh, there's a little laugh 
like a like a little sinister laugh that plays over the little credit piece. Oh, I wonder who that could be. And so, I mean, that gives Mr. me Mister Freeze. That gives me pause as well. Yes, Mister Freeze. Trying to laugh. Which which Batman villains would you put in your Batman game? Mister Freeze. Okay. Calendar Man. Calendar Man. Good choice. <laughs> that may be the best choice. Ganondorf. Yes. Ganondorf. Very good. Uh, let's see. There were there are even stupider ones. Uh, if I can think of, there was Man Bat. Oh yeah, Man Bat. Isn't he literally? Man Bat like, is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always liked in the cartoon um, Clay Man. Clayface. Clayface. It's actually a pretty good one. Uh, Clayface. Clayface was cool in the cart in the the original or the old cartoon. Yeah, he's, he's I know. One of the fun, the, the funner like. He's like his origin. He's he's like kind of gross. Like I remember the episode being kind of kind of disgusting a little bit. Well, and then like it rains and he like dies. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dark. Yeah, that's good shit. Die, he just kind of goes into uh, he's like, oh yeah, melts. he he comes back to life like all video uh, all characters, but it was still kind of messed up. Like seeing him just like disintegrate and Batman's like, oh, well, I guess I'm done here. Well, that, was, <laughs> that was easy. I technically didn't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> not murder. Me, not murdering. So yeah. Anyway, that uh, I, I, we'll see what they do there. Um, I would I wouldn't mind seeing just a really grounded, no supervillain uh, Batman tale. But simultaneously, I understand that like Batman, Batman's villains are almost more famous than Batman. So um, I can I can see how that would be very oh. difficult to hold yourself back. You can't tell a Batman story without the Ten-Eyed Man. Is that a real one? I don't that's even. A, that's a real one. Oh, okay. That guy sounds pretty cool. I'd let him be in my game. Or is my his his uh, sidekick Kite Man? <laughs> You're just fucking with me at some point. Kite, I'm um, not. Kite Man actually exists. Is Kite Man? Is he like a kite? He's got trick kites, <laughs> such as a jet-powered kite. A flashbulb kite. Okay. A net trap kite. He's not I'm kidding. Saying, I'm saying kite, not kike. That's something else. Right. That was, no, also, that was also a villain. We all knew that. You didn't necessarily need to. But, I mean, I understand that we, you got to have an excuse to say kike on the podcast. I'll say other words. <laughs> oh, I know a few. I don't doubt that at all. Let's move on. Yeah, let's, let's do move on. Uh, let's see, what else is new? Um, oh, I don't know if you guys heard, but, uh, Kentucky Route Zero released their fourth act, uh, making this about a two-year gap between... I think two years is about right. I think two years, that, that sounds, that sounds correct. Um, which has gotta be a record for episodic games, uh, aside from the ones that just simply never got the next episode out. Um... Did any of you even play Kentucky Route Zero? Nope. Okay. I'm probably gonna wait till it's finished. Well, so about 2025. We don't need my, to. Yeah, my kids can play. Yeah, I mean we don't need to belabor it, but uh, I mean it is it is good. I, I've enjoyed what I've played so far, but um, it does leave. I, I don't know. People are worried. They're they're like, oh, I would never pick this up because by the time the new episode comes out. I won't even remember what's going on. And I can tell you right now that this game doesn't make enough sense for you to really be all that worried about what's going on. 
Um, I was concerned whether or not I had my save. And then I was like, wait a minute. I probably don't need my save, like, at all. I'll bet it'll just let me go right into Act 3. So, or 4, whatever. Uh, but there are five acts, so we still have one more on the way. But, um, yeah, there you go. That's available now. Uh, we got some games to discuss this week. We have a, actually quite a few. Um, where should we start? Should we start with Necropolis and kind of revisit it? Sure, I guess I'll go. You you've played it a little more. We discussed it. Was it last week we talked about it? Yes. Uh, and so you've had a, a, last week you'd only had like a couple hours with it. I assume now you've had a lot more time with it. What? How how have you been finding your adventures? Boring. Oh no. Uh, frustrating. Like in a repetitive Annoying. way. Yeah, it's very repetitive. Mm. I think the biggest problem that it has. Um, Aside from last week, I said it runs well. Uh, that's not really true now that I spent some time with it. <laughs> um, it really doesn't work that well at all. Um, but um, I think the biggest problem that it has is that any like difficulty that it has comes from it throwing like a horde of enemies at you rather than any like actual challenge. Mm-hmm. So. And, and when I'm talking about throwing enemies at you, I'm talking about like hard targets. I'm not talking like about you know Dark Souls that like throws like ten hollows at you, that die with one hit. Um, I'm talking like you know guys with like armor and shields and shit. Um, so that makes it really annoying to play. Uh, it's and, and every time that you lose, you go all the way back to the beginning and you lose all your items. The only permanence there is is there's these things called um, codexes, which are basically books that you buy mm-hmm. that give you different perks. So, for example, there's one where you don't get hungry anymore. Oh, by the way, your stamina, if you don't uh, eat for a while, it's, your stamina bar starts kind of like being crippled, mm-hmm. which is a huge pain in the ass. Um so there's a codex that stops you from doing that. Uh, there's one that helps you um, knock your enemies back more. There's one that makes it so you can eat rotten food and not, like, get sick. Um, you know, that kind of thing. A lot of eating ones, it sounds like. Well, eating is a huge part of the game because if you don't eat, then your stamina bar depletes and you're fucked. I remember the last time I was playing Dark Souls, and I felt super disappointed because I really wanted to eat a sandwich, but I couldn't. Does the Necropolis well, the game for you? Does the Necropolis uh, guy even have a mouth? <laughs> <laughs> he has no mouth, and yeah, uh, and he must scream. Uh, no, he doesn't have a mouth, but it doesn't matter. Um, so, but anything else that you got? So, like, I got this really sweet grades for one run, and I loved it, and that's it. It's gone. <laughs> Because they just threw like ten thousand guys at me, mm. so you know, super fun. No, yeah, it's it's awesome. Robots and you also have to start great. from the beginning, so you know. Right, right. If you think going back to the bonfire is annoying. <laughs> now, when we talked about this game last, there were kind of like signs that there might be a larger overarching story. Um, Maybe like a fourth wall breaking kind of thing. Has that developed at all, or does it really not look like? No, it looks like there's a lot of wall breaking, but it looks like they're just more like you know having fun. Because you talked about something where it was like it could be like a huge development in the plot, or it could just be like an offhand comment that they thought was funny. 
I think it's just that there's a lot of that, you know, kind of like sarcastic mm. humor, which okay. doesn't really fit with the atmosphere that they're making. Right, right. It doesn't really look like a game full of yucks. Yeah. Uh, but maybe um, that's just me. I don't know. Maybe there's people who think that's cool, but I was like, whatever. How's this yeah. not? I really don't know why every game assumes it needs to be quirky, let alone assumes that that's what I want from games. I mean, it's, it's Steam reviews are about 62% positive. So, I mean, it's definitely a little divisive. Um, with actually most of the highlighted reviews and the reviews marked helpful being thumbs down. So, it's, Yeah, it's, it's... I don't know, man. I, I get what they were going for, but it's basically the same problem that the Shadowrun games have, where it's like the concept is good, they just don't pull it off well. Mm-hmm. It's missing something. It's missing, you know, polish. It's missing more thought. It's it, missing time in the oven, basically. It sounds to me like it falls into the pitfall a lot of roguelikes fall into, which is you do a run and you die and you have to start over. But the thing is, is when you start over, you're not really going to experience anything that's dramatically more interesting than the run that you just did. That's yeah. That's uh, that's a good way to put it. That's so right? like, well, okay, I'll start over. Like I you're, guess you're back in the first floor, and it doesn't feel like you know you, there's anything new in the first floor. It's just the first floor again. Mm-hmm. Some might say that that means they developed a really good roguelike. But I say that not me. But I have people who so, like because there are good roguelikes. Like for example, something like Risk of Rain is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, that's true. There's Vine the Vysak, which is really good. I was just gonna say because it's boring. <laughs> and I think a good roguelike should be boring. I like I like roguelikes, uh, or rather, I like some roguelikes. But you know, like I said, I, and I've said this before. You know, um, making a game that's randomly generated, I think it's a lot harder than people think. Yeah, no, it's uh... yeah, it's why we don't like it when people do it. <laughs> right, um, Mike. Here's a question. A uh, question that I like to ask: Is there any way that they could patch this game and like fix it with shortcuts? With shortcuts, so like you unlock like a like a teleporter or something like that if you get to like a right. certain floor. Right. So you get to the fifth floor, and now there's a uh, you know um, like an elevator or something that takes you to the to the fifth floor. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds reasonable. Like that's I think that would make it because like it's such a fucking pain in the ass, and, and you know the layouts of the of the levels change all the time, so you can be and they can be big, so you can be lost for a while. You know, just basically swatting enemies aside that you already know how to kill. Uh, so, like, now I can usually get to the fifth floor with no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when it's, it's like, you know, I get to the sixth floor and I die, and I'm like, ah, fuck this shit, I don't want to start all over again. <laughs> Which is pretty much, you know, what you want in your roguelike. Right, certainly not. So shortcuts will come a long way towards making this more bearable. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, well, eh, I guess this was probably... I mean, this is about what I expected. I would think. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like I said, it seems to be a, a pattern with like um, her brain schemes where they they're just so close but not mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Uh, this is you can see this with the showruns games too, you know. Yeah, definitely. But they have a good concept and it looks like they have the chops to put it together, but then something is missing. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that uh, I hope they find it, and I hope that they are able to. It seems like the general consensus of the game isn't great, so 
maybe they'll do something to actually fix that and make a move on it. Um, what else should we do? Should we talk about... Uh, we've got a couple of games. Uh, one that I think people are probably uh, looking forward to. It's not out yet. And we were discussing uh, what we could talk about with the embargo. And it sounds like almost all of your gameplay, Michael, of uh, This is the Police is pre-embargo. So I think you... I don't want to say have carte blanche, but uh, it sounds like we're pretty free to talk about whatever we want with it. I've got most of the cart. So how are you? Uh, how are you finding this is the police? Overall, good, but my relationship with the game is a little complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the police is a. I've been I've been thinking for like the past two days of like how would I describe this in a single sentence. The best thing I can come up with is like a resource management simulator. And that sounds terrible, so bear with me for a moment. The idea is that you're a uh, slightly... You're, you're the chief of police in a spiraling American city. And you've been forced to retire against your will. So you've got about uh, half a year to basically secure a little retirement fund. You want to get about half a million dollars before the end of the year so you can make a clean break. Hmm? Well... So the idea behind the game is that uh, your your job is to basically manage your day-to-day police affairs by, like, hiring officers, having them on duty, uh, responding to police calls. You'll send out officers. Depending on the severity of the issue, you'll send out, you know, different amounts of officers. You can start out by just sending, like, one guy. Or, you know, for bigger issues, you might have to send out, like, four or five. And then depending on who you send, the number of people you send, and their stats, uh, those calls will result in either you know a successful you apprehend the perpetrator nobody gets hurt uh which then increases your officer stats or you know they'll go badly like a a suspect will escape or a civilian will get hurt or in the worst case scenario one of your police gets killed so ideally well so that's that's like the beaten potatoes of the game mm-hmm. uh however as that's happening a couple different things are happening. Like you're making connections with different people. Like there's a story that goes on along with this. So you're, you're the police chief and you're dealing with the the crooked mayor and the mafia. And you kind of like play those relationships so that sometimes, you know, maybe you'll do a favor for the mafia and they'll throw you a little cash. Or, um, if you're not making, or if you're not succeeding at enough, uh, police calls, Maybe the department will cut your budget and you'll have to fire an officer. So sometimes you – I've been playing a kind of a mix of both corrupt and – I mean you have to you have to do a good job as the police. Otherwise, you'll lose all your budget and you'll run out of people. But at the same time, you can do some uh, – you can do some pretty villainous stuff. Like in, in addition to working for the mafia, um, you'll start getting a couple of different uh, perks you can get from them. Like, for example, say you have a couple of police officers who aren't doing a good job. You can't just get rid of them. You have to, if you don't have sufficient grounds to fire them, like they're, uh, they screw up too many results or too many, uh, too many investigations or they come to work drunk or they're too old, you can fire <laughs> them for that. <laughs> That's not about it, reason. Hmm. This takes place in the 80, I think I pegged it at about 1984. So maybe that would have worked back then, but, um, but you can fire them illegally and then face uh, like repercussions, like an actual like investigation. You can also pay the mafia to kill them. Oh, oh, well, that's. And at one point, I had a uh, 
a labor dispute with some of my officers and my my snitch who I pay within the department told me who was going to testify against me. So I killed him. Nice. Yeah. All right. Just like real life. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Maybe. So what I showed you were talking about in the chat was very interesting. Like, uh, was it, uh, it was a riot or something and you were losing cops? Yeah. So when this game shits on you, it shits on you hard. So the problem that I have the most often is if I lose like one or two people, like if I have a bad day and the department is mad at me, I'll lose a person. And that makes it so much harder to get through the day by or most successful, uh, successful calls. And so then I end up losing another person. So then I got to call somebody in from their off shift to work the next day so that I have enough people to respond to calls. But then if those people are tired, you know, they have a fatigue meter, they start screwing up. And then so we lose more, you know, we make more bad calls. People get killed. Civilians are injured. We, uh, the, the bad guys get away. And so I keep losing people. And then someone fucks up and like three officers get killed by a bomb or a riot breaks out and I lose like five people. So then the next day it's even worse and then the department gets mad at me again and I lose more people. So you'll be doing just fine and then one day a deranged uh, bank robber will kill like half your squad and then you're just it fucking goes downhill from there. Yeah. Interesting. So one of the things that I thought was particularly curious about this game is... I guess to some degree the timing uh, of it, and I mean like yeah, not it's... not in game, but of course the timing of its release. Uh, because w I've seen screenshots and I've heard you talk about it a little bit, and I would think that given the current temperance in America, there are some things that you might shy away from, and it seems like this is the police is like the complete opposite, <laughs> yeah. where I... where they're down to talk about pretty much anything. I want to give them credit because I went into this kind of being cynical. I thought they were going to give me kind of a whitewash. Well, whitewash may not be the best term, but a zing. It's out of the park. Thank you. I, I figured I was going to go in there like in all the bad guys. We're just going to be like white people with like non ethnic names. Like I was going to meet Mr. Carlisle and he's the head of the mob. And then I was going to go <laughs> sell drugs to, you know, Mr. Smith. So I was ready to call him out for, I was prepared to call them out for not being kind of true to the, the aesthetic they're going for. And then on day two, I get an order from city hall to fire all the black cops because of pressure from like anti or uh, like the KKK. And yeah, then I fired him. And then City Hall backed me up and said, you did the right thing. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty bold thing to put in your video game for uh, 2016. Right. Yep. So I'll, I'll give them credit. Uh, they. You do some pretty devious shit in this game, and it's not. Now, it sounds like you can do some devious shit in this. Yes. Game. Do you think that, I mean, obviously you've decided to kind of take liberties where you can. Do, mm. you, do you think this is a game that you would be able to play and get away squeaky clean? Or do you think they've made that impossible? It would be really fucking hard. Like even even when I take every advantage I can and I do dirty deals and collaborate with the mob, it's really fucking hard to keep things going in the city. And that may be a bit of a complaint is... Sometimes the difficulty just does not feel fair. Yeah, or well balanced. Like the game loves to. So what what will happen is you're you're looking at the map of the city and you got your officers who assigned calls, and it'll like do two calls right 
right at the same time for like small things where it'll have you like uh, go investigate a drunken in public or drunken public or a, you know a noise complaint. So it'll have you like send out two or three of your maybe seven or eight officers. And then right after they leave, it'll be like 15 seconds later and a call will come in for, you know, like a riot where you need like 10 guys, 10 guys you didn't even have to begin with. And then if you don't have people, which you don't, you can't send enough people to go. There'll be, you know, murders and you'll lose favor with the city. And this kind of pisses me off because all of the calls are scripted. So every day will so day 1 in the game will always have the same calls in the same sequence. Aww. So sometimes I feel like they're just kind of fucking me. <laughs> and because of that, it's also sometimes kind of tempting to just if things aren't going very well in a day, quit and restart the, the day and, you know, ignore that uh, drunken public so that I can send people to go to the fucking riot. Yes, I was going to say is like um you know, is it really worth um, like playing through it and not just like optimize your playthrough by just quitting and reloading? I'm tr- I'm trying really hard to keep it that way to to do it like an honest playthrough, but there have been a couple of times where I'll send you know like three of my best officers to investigate like a tr- a traffic stop and then they all die. Right. So I got and I I can't afford to lose them. Otherwise, it's just going to be you know a downhill slope. So. Can't you just tell your officers to shoot people in the back? <laughs> it's like the safe's coming with XCOM, right? It's like, you know, you don't want to lose your uh, best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's not it's not quite the same. Like, your officers aren't that hard to train up. But if you lose, you know, like 40% of your uh, of your A-shift in one day, you, you got some serious problems. Uh, that said, despite the fact that I do have some issues with the difficulty, the difficulty especially, but... Um, I still find something very charming about this game. Like the day-to-day minutia of like answering the calls gets kind of boring, but it's got a lot of other stuff going on. Like it's got the story of, you know, your chief who's he's trying to track down his wife who left him. He's trying to, you know, balance his relationship with the mafia. He's trying to catch a serial killer, this and that. And uh it's all done through kind of like comic book stills um with voice acting. The voice actor is a uh, the guy who did Duke Nukem. And nobody's, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he doesn't really sound like Duke Nukem. Well, I imagine <laughs> it's not that kind of game. No, but still, can he be Duke fire, Nukem? Fire all the blacks! <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know about that. I'm here to beat queers and chew bubblegum. <laughs> right. Which actually, I City Hall did tell me to uh, violently suppress a uh, LGBT riot, so or nice. protest. J- LGBT riot. It was a protest, but they they said it was going to turn into a riot. So I send in. Well, guys yeah, once to, you start beating them up, yeah. <laughs> it'll turn fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the story that goes along with it, I I enjoy. The voice acting isn't amazing, but I think it's done well enough that it kind of you know carries it through. The only thing I might say there is there's a little bit of a disconnect between like my kind of not hard boiled, but he's just kind of like a gruff old man police officer or police chief who in in the cutscenes like he's you know he's nice to people to the best of his ability you know he's he's got some problems but then i go to the the day-to-day operations and i'm like paying the mafia to kill officers for testifying against me or like selling selling cocaine to uh to organize crime so that i can you know fund my retirement so there's a bit of a disconnect between those two guys i feel like but um i mean it looks it sounds interesting, at least. Like it sounds more interesting than Necropolis. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, most certainly. 
I would say I don't, it's definitely not going to be for everyone, but there's enough going on that I think you could, if this sounds like something that'd be interesting, you'll probably find enough to make it worth your while. That say I said I I don't know what it's releasing for I don't I haven't even completed the game so I think it, I think it's just the PC for now I I mean what what are they charging Uh I don't think I have that info yet What would you pay for it I could probably go as high as twenty That's but good Yeah but I, I gotta see I'm like maybe halfway through and it's still got a lot to like if I'm just doing kind of the same I mean I, I know I'm just gonna be doing the the same like day to day answer call stuff. But if it if it's expected to do that for another ten hours, like I don't know if it's really gonna justify a, a high price tag. Are you are you past the point that the embargo was talking about yet? Yes. Okay. Did big shit go down? Do you see why they wanted you to not talk about that? Or eh, I think it's really more setting up for something else. Mm. Is that the is that the day you were talking about earlier today in the in the chat? Yeah. So the uh, the embargo states I can't talk about things that happened past a certain day. And when I found this out, I was about two days away from that day and already not like having a great a great time. Like I'm, I'm missing some officers. I've got a corruption tr- or a trial coming up. So I really was very worried that something bad was going to happen and I'm going to be short like three guys. Right. And was I? Well, you'll have to play to find out. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> what, what a hook. Thank you. Seriously, a, man. How much did they pay you for that one? What a guy. Boy, that's, yeah, that one was free. That's $50 into Michael's account right there. That'll <laughs> um, buy you like two copies. Thing. All in all, I really like what they're trying to do. I think it's I think it's interesting that they're, they released this game at the time they did. But at the same time, it actually kind of makes it more intriguing. Like, how... How far are they willing to push the envelope? And so far, it's it's not like extreme. This isn't like an episode of The Shield or anything. Like you're, uh, this sounds worse. Weren't uh, you somebody in the balls at one point? What's that? Weren't you choking somebody's balls at one point? Oh yeah, yeah. I did electrocute the car battery. To, that happens to, all the time at the NYPD. That's like right out of the Shield, pretty much. Yeah, right? exactly. It's just like I said. It's it. The side story, the the story of the main character isn't as dark as like the rest of the game, so that's that's kind of where the disconnect comes from. But mm. it definitely it's willing to be more daring than I expected, and I I like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, I don't know, not everybody would find that commendable, but I I no, think, I'm I sure think there's is. someone who's gonna shit a brick over like oh, yeah, day I, one in this game. Wait, wait until the, wait until. Then Kuchera gets uh, yeah. Because this game. Having said that, you gotta have you gotta have some sack to release a game like that and like have <laughs> an email account uh, because you're gonna get some fucking hate mail and a crazy amount of it. Yeah, and they're not the game doesn't condemn your bad actions. Like they can definitely come back and bite you. But that's great. That's the best type of morality system. Yeah, no, it's I, a game that goes like. Oh well, you have the option to do this, and it will be great for you, but it will be very bad. right. But right. someone who's passionate about the subject matter isn't going to want that. They they're going to need a condemnation. Yeah, oh, I, and I understand. Like, but I really appreciate the fact that my middle aged police chief, or my actually probably like you know old police chief, doesn't like grow a pair of horns the more evil stuff I do, or like turn red. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I, I get that. Probably... Nobody nobody wants to play a game where they do the bad thing and you get like a finger wagged at you. Right. Bioware. <laughs> so I I like it. I, I think there probably is some things that will offend people, but I feel like you're kind of a big pussy if this offends you. Well, there it is. Uh, I'm sure they're going to stick that on the back of the box cover. 
I hope so. God, that's an endorsement <laughs> I would love to be responsible for. Michael Mahoney, not a game for pussies. <laughs> not a game for pussies. If he offends you, you're a big pussy. <laughs> All right, should we talk about our next game? Sure. Why Is it not? a game for big pussies? So, Michael. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. You set me up so good here. It's a game about big pussies. Oh. Because you're a giant cat. Kaboom. But so, anyway, I'm sorry. Go go ahead, Lucio. Yeah, what score are you learning towards now? I think it's going to be a four. Um, and the only reason I'm not giving it a five is for some very like high concept or high level flaws. Like I said, the, the disconnect between my character and the gameplay, uh, just some of the tedium of the day to day running of your police force. And like I said, the difficulty, the fact that it's uh, scripted uh, calls every day, like sometimes I feel like they're just fucking me. Mm. Okay. And that if you get really fucked on a day, like that pretty much just ruins. I, I, I stop playing at that point. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. So those few things overall, I think it's pretty great, though. So probably a four. I don't think it can hit a five at this point, but I still got about half the game left. Yeah, also, right. I'm like 12 hours in and I'm so there could still be oh. a lot of stuff going. That's quite yeah. a bit of uh, that's a lot longer than I expected, actually. Yeah, that's a lot of content for a game that, of that type. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know if it's going to if that's going to stay fresh for much longer. But uh, yeah, I, I presuming they charge less than 20 or around 20. I think it's it's a pretty good value, too. Mm-hmm. Well, should we talk about big pussies? Yeah. So I've been playing this game called Hunter's Legacy, and uh, it came out today. So you can you can go and check it out right now if it's your jam. Let me backtrack before I talk about it too much. What's your guys's uh, what's your guys's like Metroidvania experience? What what do you what sticks out to you as like gems in the genre? Uh, well, Super Metroid, obviously. Right, right, of course. Uh, um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Mm, yeah, classic, classic. Um. Let's say, well, obviously, Metroid Prime and uh, Zero, not Zero Mission, the other one, Fusion. Fusion, yeah. I don't um, see Prime that way, but but we've had that discussion before, I think. Yeah. Um, it is a, a Metroidvania, but I get it. Just not rehash it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, those are, those are all very good games to list. Uh, and Hunter's Legacy is obviously greatly inspired by those games. Um, it is the story of a, you're, you're a, you're a big cat person and you live in a big cat village. And so you mean a person with cat like features, not a person who's fond of cats. Uh, <laughs> right, right. You're not a, you're a big cat person. Like you have, you have 19 of them. A big and, fat guy uh, with like a Tumblr account. <laughs> oh, hello. I'm a kitty person. No, you're a cat person. You're a person who looks like a cat and, uh, you run around a convention center and uh, lick. Oh, so you're a furry. You lick other people uh, dressed like cats. No, a pretty good game. Actually, that game would be pretty tight. But no, you're just a regular old cat person, and you live in in a cat person village. Actually, if you imagine that everyone in this game is just a furry, it takes on a whole new. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole new lens that I haven't even thought to look look at this through. Um, but uh, basically, you, you live in this village and everything's awesome, except one day uh, an evil wizard comes and he steals the artifact that is kind of keeping the balance in nature and stopping. The artifact. Yeah, it's, it's called the giant the ball of string. I don't have the I don't is have it. it up. Four, is it the four things. 
No, it's it's the um, but but the game God, goes. What a bunch of wordsmiths we are. The game goes there too, actually. Uh, it, it's like the Fang of the Ancients or the Fang of Alliance or something like that. And he steals it and he and he flies away. And so everybody, everyone you talk to in the village is like, "Go get the Fang of Alliance, man!" Like right now. And you're like, "Okay, I'll do it." And so you go, and you get to this uh, temple, and someone at the temple's like, "Hey." you know we got to get the fang of alliance but to do that we got to go through this gate and to get through the gate we need the three orbs and so then you got to go get the three orbs uh this this sounds like the making of why i don't generally like metroidvania games hey look shakespeare it ain't for sure like not <laughs> not by any means uh but a lot of the classic trappings that you would expect from a metroidvania game are there you'll go out and you'll unlock new abilities those abilities will allow you to not only go back and explore the levels differently, but also give you new ways to deal with enemies. I mentioned this in the review, but something that I really liked is there was a skill that you get that's like a kind of a ground pound thing. And there were these enemies that I'd been running up uh, into during the game that have these shields. And I found them really annoying because you have to wait for them to attack before you can hit them because that's when they let their shield down. But once you get that ground pound, you just hit the ground near them and they actually drop the shield and they're much easier to deal with. And that's the kind of gameplay that I really look forward to in a Metroidvania, right? Like you you grow and it lets you explore new places, but it also lets you deal with like situations differently as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part's good. The bad, in my opinion, first of all, uh, this game comes from a, uh, a developer in Chihuahua, Mexico, uh, which is awesome. There's a scene that's kind of growing there, but it's still very much in its infancy. And it, Hunter's Legacy does not feel like a big budget title. It it feels like it's pretty low budget. And I would try not to dock a game points for, you know, for, for a lack of money. But I think to some degree they were operating a little bit outside of their scope. And there's just some parts in the game that feel really really rough around the edges and it's things like character animations voice acting uh the music in the game is just really pretty bad i think uh the voice acting is is pretty terrible too especially for your character and the game has a lot of repetitive noises like it relies on your character speaking and th- not speaking but like you know link's kind of grunts you know the that we are like yeah <laughs> simish type of noise oh was that, that was that them talking or was that yeah what you, okay okay i thought that, that was, was zelda's grunts i thought that so, was i thought that was like link attacking <laughs> <laughs> that classic sound now taste my sword <laughs> but, um, i'm coming for you ganon i i'll have to play it for you guys and see if you hear what i hear but I, I got to a point where I just like had to turn this game down because it, it just mm. made it, it was it was like nails on a chalkboard to me. Uh, so the music's super repetitive. The sound effects are the whole sound mixing is just kind of off and it's like loud and tinny and kind of like pierces right into your eardrum. Uh, I, I've never really played a game like this, but I even my dogs noticed it when I was playing it. They didn't really seem to like it. So uh, whatever, we'll take take that for whatever it means. So I, I would say bad sound design or obnoxious sound design is more likely to make me quit a game that I like 
than uh, than good sound design or anything. Really, anything is going to keep me in a game that is not that great. I think I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I know I've talked to you guys about Death Grips before, the band. And uh, if you've never heard a Death Grips song, I want you to go to YouTube right now, and I want you to turn one on. And I think that you will notice when you turn it off, you have like a feeling of relief. <laughs> like, and that's the way I feel when I turn off Hunter's Legacy. I'm like, ah, oh. because it's just there's always to, noise and it's always piercing into your ears. To be fair, Jared, relief is what I feel when I turn off most of the music you recommend. Hey, hey, Death Grips. Oh. Death Grips is great, but it is also oppressive and loud and not something that I would want to listen to for like a day straight. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, either way, it's it's not the best audio design. And they do this thing. I mean, get, Mexicans love metal, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> you, guys, you guys know it. Well, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they were hitting pieces of metal to make the music. Uh, so, I mean, perfect. Um, you guys know in Zelda how when you get down to two hearts, they have the, uh, the beep? Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, so this game has that, too. Oh, that's wonderful. What a great that's, thing. That's always my favorite feature. What a great thing to steal from Zelda, right? Yeah, yeah, no, if you're going to steal one thing from Zelda, I've always said it's the fucking annoying heartbeat. And this, yeah, noise. This, this game's pretty tough, too. So there's a, there's plenty of time that you spend uh, low on health. Because when you die, it only replenishes three containers. Also very much like Zelda. So you have to go the extra mile to get back up to full health. And there are some segments where that's just a lot easier said than done. Um, it has some boss fights in it. They're they're nice. They're, there's not that many of them, uh, and they're they're pretty tough. But I got some satisfaction from killing them. You always get a new ability after you beat one of them. So I mean that that kind of stuff is really nice. Uh, the levels are very vertical, and I mean very vertical. I mean like climbing super 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 high into the sky. And not not like a tall mountain, more like floating platforms all over the place. And so it's really easy to fall down and lose a lot of progress. Uh, it's really easy to get lost because a lot of times it's just like you and a platform in the sky. And you're just kind of hoping that you know where to go next. And I was uh, I remember in the first level... I was really looking forward to getting a hold of the map because I, I saw it on my inventory slot, but I obviously just didn't have it yet. And so right. someone gives it to you when you first hit the town. And I was like, oh, thank God I need this. And uh, I got it. And it nothing. I got it and I pulled it out. And all the map does is it just shows you where all of the zones are and like kind of <laughs> how, how they're connected to each other. So it's a world map, not a stage map. And I think if you go back to any of the games that you listed when I asked you about good Metroidvanias, I think every single one of them has a map, right? Yeah, no. Because that's like, that's half the fun is seeing a big section of the map grayed out and being like, oh, I'm going to go in there. Like, Yeah, and the good, the really good ones also have like coherence to the hidden stuff in the maps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, if you play Mets for long enough, you like can look at a map and be like, there has to be something in the big empty spot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. And you feel really smart when you, when you find it instead right. of, instead of like in Hunter's legacy, where I feel like I just kind of like stumbled upon it, you know, like I fell down a cliff and like, Oh, there's a door here. And so I go through the door. But in, in Metroid, there are those moments where you're like, well, this area right here is blank. There's got to be something there. Like, I'll go fuck around there and see what I can find. Exactly. 
or seeing like, well, these two rooms obviously connect, so there's got to be some way for me to to bust through a wall or something to get into it. You won't you won't get that experience here. Uh, everything that you discover, you're just discovering by wandering around, essentially. That's mm. a shame. And so I would really like I I would have enjoyed this game a lot more, like dramatically more with a proper map. But instead, and like I said, because it's super vertical, there's a lot of times where you're making just like blind jumps and just kind of like hoping that there's stuff under you. And so it doesn't really scroll, is what you're telling me, kind of. It does scroll, but there's no way. It, it has such an emphasis on like huge drops sometimes. There's, okay. there's just no way they try to give you a visual cue like there'll be kind of a there's a little brown like piece of the level backdrop that you'll see that usually indicates like oh obviously there's land below you but that's not always there and even sometimes when it is you'll jump off a cliff and and like you'll realize when you get down to the bottom that like oh shit i just overshot a ledge by you know a, a couple feet or something like that right so lots of that sort of stuff um but that's the that's the my biggest issue with the game from a design perspective. Everything else is more like a polish or a low budget thing. And mm-hmm. I hate I hate to dock a game a ton of points, but like if if your budget's so low that it's affecting whether or not I can stand playing it, like there's just there's nothing I can do about that. You know? I, I think that's a fair that's a fair criticism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, I absolutely feel to the the anybody who's, you know, just wasn't equipped to do anything else. And it sounds like they're actually pretty pleased with their soundtrack. So maybe it's just me and this is totally for someone else. But uh, it's it just uh, that I, I played most of that game uh, with my with my TV on mute. I just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> so uh, a couple other little weird quirks. The game works on controllers, but doesn't seem to work on the D-pad on the controller. Uh, I, I'll bet it does for the 360, but I almost exclusively play with the Steam controller and the Xbox at this point. Mm. Uh, the Steam controller was really easy to map to the D-pad, but the Steam controller also has one of the worst D-pads in existence because uh, it's, yeah. n- it's not even a D-pad, so uh, that's not great. But um, yeah, I mean, ultimately... Nobody's in a hurry to make these games, so I... Yeah, aside from Action Verge, I can't think of any recent ones. And so I absolutely applaud anybody who is willing to. Uh, This is not the perfect one. Having said that, this game's also uh, pretty cheap. I think it's all the way down to $6.99 for for its asking price, so... I might just pick it up to support the developer who seems to be, you know... Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something new and not, like, charge you... An arm and a leg, which is something new in this. Well, and more importantly, I think if they see success here, I think they're probably going to go on to make something else that's pretty cool. Cat like, Saga 2. There's, there's got to be some stuff that they've learned here. They've obviously envisioned a universe uh, for this because you'll notice above the Hunter's Legacy logo, I forget what it's called. It's called like Universe of Something. The real word crafters uh, here, but... <laughs> universe of Something. I think <laughs> the that, best universe. Isn't that what it's... I think that is what it's called. Uh, yeah, universe of something. That's really what it's called. <laughs> yep, universe of something. Uh, this is their this is their anthropomorphic animal world that they've imagined. So I think we'll see another game uh, different from Hunter's Legacy, perhaps starring dogs. I don't know, but uh, they they it does seem like they have grander visions for what they intend to do with this kind of stuff. But uh, you know, worth worth checking out in that regard. S- simultaneously, I'm playing another game right now that releases 
tomorrow. And I actually, I can't talk about it at all, uh, but it is also six ninety nine, and it, it might be one of the worst games I've ever played. So <laughs> it's also it's also like an hour and a half. I think Hunter's Legacy is at least seven, maybe nine, if you go after all the bonus stuff. You know, I'm a big fan of Met- Metroidvanias, and it seems like the the problems that it has are not problems that are deal breakers, so I might pick it up. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, and like I said, it, I, I was asking earlier if you thought Necropolis could be like patched to be better. And right. this is a game where I absolutely think that uh, if they patch in a voice for the main character that sounds like it's laid off the cigarettes a bit, um, <laughs> if they if they maybe go out and buy some like royalty free music or something like that, I I, I doubt they're going to do any of those things, but it would have gone a long way in uh, in making me happier and making me have. I mean, a it definitely time. seems like it's more doable than you know I fucking shortcuts to the game that doesn't have one. Yeah, yeah, that that's the thing, and that's why when I was playing it originally, I was actually thinking of scoring it like like a two. Uh, but as I got further and I saw some kind of the more clever level designs and uh, some of the puzzles that they put into the game, I I kind of warmed up to it a little bit more. And uh, I see the potential there. I see the love that they put into it. I think they're definitely fans of the genre. Like I absolutely believe that. Um, and so I I kind of bumped it up a little bit after after getting a little further into the game yeah so anyway that's out now you can check it out it's pretty cool uh so i would i would definitely well not definitely but i would i would half-heartedly recommend hunter's legacy <laughs> and it's i there's no I, what I, praise <laughs> yeah that's the best i can do um do you want to talk about i am set Suna? have you played enough of it to talk about it or uh what i play has been kind of i don't know how to feel about it yet so uh, I talked to Jay a little bit about it, and oh, Jay already hates it. Uh, yeah, he did not say nice things. Uh, he used a couple very bad words to describe it. So one of them is he, one of them is maker. Some, yeah, he does have some points. It just feels very, very derivative. Do you think? Um, do you think like cash grab? Is that the vibe that you get? I think it's more like. They wanted to make like an old school NES, uh, SNES RPG, but they don't understand what made them good. Mm, yeah. So, right. So, so cash grab. Like, like someone kicked in the door of the Square Enix boardroom and said, "Guys, guys, I just heard that somewhere out there there's Chrono Trigger money to be had." Imagine that Chrono Trigger was only the super dramatic parts. That's and not that's, good. Exactly. That's not good at all. Chrono Trigger is at its best when uh, you and a frog are zooming around on speeders, knocking some guy off of a road. Right. I know for I know for some strange reason Jared hates Chrono Trigger, but uh, you know it, some of the drama in Chrono Trigger was pretty good. But, but the wouldn't... point the point Michael is that the drama in Chrono Trigger needed the lighter parts to hit. You know yeah, it would not carry through the whole game. Like, if, like, Frog died as soon as you meet him, um, <laughs> oh, you, wouldn't no. have, you wouldn't have given him a fuck because you didn't get to know him. You didn't get to, like, you know, go into a fair with him and then, like, you know, take him to, like, a haunted house and whatever. Yeah, you got to take him on a couple dates before he, before he dies and you get and, shit. And, like, you know, to, to that point, you get, um, like, the first... You get the, basically the X-Lash, which I think is called exactly that in the game. Yeah, it looked like it. Hmm. Um, you get it immediately after you get a party member. 
So it's like, you know, you just like, you don't get X-Lash by just meeting Cro- uh, Frog. You have to romance Frog. You have to get to know Frog, you know? I don't feel like that's quite right. <laughs> you have to spend some time leveling up together. I don't Get remember him. romancing him very much. Oh, you romance him. You bring him oh. flies and stuff. Because <laughs> he's a frog. So you, you, you go all the way to like kill the evil wizard with him. Uh, yeah, old yeah. English dialect? Ooh, just melts my... Hey, that's, Frog... You get him the Masamune, man. Frog is the best, man. How many, how many people have gotten you a Masamune? Yeah, that too. I didn't even think about that. One, but I had to do way worse things to him. <laughs> totally uh, worth it, though. I just think about, yeah. like, um, I think about, like, that scene where Luca's mom gets, like, her arm ripped off by the machine. Her legs crushed, Jared. Whatever, I don't remember. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, after that, after something like that happens, you need something light. I, right. I, I you just, don't need like oh, her arm so ripped the, off. The way that Setsuna starts is you're basically like walking in the snowy woods. And you're raped. <laughs> and you meet a guy and he's like, ah, you are a true mercenary. And I'm like, okay, if you say so. I haven't said <laughs> shit yet. Uh, oh, so man. it's a tutorial where you um where you, you know, you kill a bunch of regular enemies, you kill a boss, uh, you know, a really easy tutorial boss. Um, and then like this really shady guy comes out of the shadows and tells you, oh, I want you to go into this, uh, I want to hire you to go into this town and kill this teenage girl. Um, uh, and apparently you accept, um, sure. Because why not? <laughs> of course. Uh, so that's, you don't even have to pay me. I was going to be doing that anyway. <laughs> right. What else I could pay for it, right? Hey, may as well. Um, so yeah, that's the beginning of I am Satsuna. The so you get there, um, you know, you you track her down. She's like the sweetest thing ever. Like she, she there's the Virgin Mary. Uh, I think she's is not as like nice as this woman. Now is she Satsuna? Yeah, she's Satsuna. So you're not Satsuna, right? So basically, this course is going to be um, a sacrifice to stop the monsters, kind of like in Final Fantasy X with Yuna. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same setup, I except was, tell you everything in the first two minutes. I was thinking of uh, Broken Age. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's more of a journey than just like a sacrifice. Mm, okay, yeah. So basically, you end up getting drafted to uh, to take to escort her to her sacrifice because the reasoning being that she's going to die anyway, and if she dies being a sacrifice, then your contract is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know how that's gonna go. The music is there's a very melancholy tone to the game, which I don't mind that much. I love melancholy shit, but like I said, you need to have something to contrast with that. Right. It it feels like a true tribute to Chrono Trigger wouldn't be like super melancholy. Right. So like you know the the first like hour of Chrono Trigger you spend like fucking around in a fair. Um. And then, you know, even when, like, you find out that Lavos is basically fucking the world, um, still there, there's a feeling of adventure, right? Like, if I can think of a word to, to describe the experience of Chrono Trigger, it's adventure, right? You know, it's the, the little 
movie that plays after you press, you know, you wait for the credits where they have the little music and they show like the epoch flying around and shit. God, I could watch that movie right fucking now. Exactly. It doesn't really fucking like feel like that in this game. It feels like everything is very melancholy. Your character is kind of like, I don't even know. Like I, I don't. Is he serious business? Yeah, he has a very weeable mask too, which is fun. <laughs> oh, is it's the red guy? Yeah, the red guy. He looks pretty goofy. Yeah, he does. I have a hard time taking him too seriously. I mean, he's one of the silent protagonists, but he doesn't have any personality at all. Like oh, he, he's a silent protagonist. Yeah, that's, that's kind of weird that they made him so like. I don't know. He's he's got such a distinct design to him. It just seems odd. I thought he'd be a little more generic. He's pretty generic. He he has. He gets the super weeaboo sword right off the bat too. Oh, good! You so mean a gunblade? It's um, it's like a magical sword with like a weird aura to it. It like glows purple. Yeah, and it shoots bullets. Um, maybe yeah. And it's bigger than his whole body. You know? He's got to level up a bit. Give him time. But that's what it's like. You know, when you're like, if you think about like the old RPGs, right? It's like you know, the first like fucking weapon you get is like a twig that you found in the garbage. Uh, you know, and you work your way out to the super duper. Uh, you know, sword that glows purple and shoots bullets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you have to train before you can wield the thermonuclear blade. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, if I had to evaluate what I think is wrong with, like, JRPGs since basically the PlayStation 2 era, is that they don't have a lot of restraint. Like, there's no understatement. It's always just, like, you know, one big explosion after another, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, there's been good... There's been good share of PGs since then. So. Yeah, I mean, but, not, but in general, I think that's probably why I don't like them very much anymore. The, is this kind of the same thing where it just... I, I mean, this is, this is just like, it's very sad. Everything makes me sad. <laughs> game, like, like, it's just the tone of it is so melancholy. Like I, you know, I get that, though. Like, even even looking at screenshots of it, it seems like... You have the, 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 the music is all sad piano music. It's good sad piano music. But for fuck's sake, man. That was going to be my next question. Is this at least like a pretty good soundtrack? Because it's a pretty good soundtrack. If yeah. I was if I was uh, going to say anything about Chrono Trigger and even more so Chrono Cross, them soundtracks, man. But it is a, it is a sad soundtrack, too. Except for the Epoch theme. That thing's fucking stupid. <laughs> God, I fucking hate you, Jared. <laughs> Why do you hate the Epoch, Jared? What, what's wrong with you? Uh, it's just so goddamn goofy. It's the goofiest shit. Um, so like I said, you know, he, he just doesn't... I don't know, man. He just doesn't have the fun. Like, I think if you think of a good, like, SNES-style uh, modern JRPG, I would think Nino Kuni, right? So Nino Kuni... The story Nino Kuni is sad as fuck. And oh yeah, I never beat that. Uh, it's it's sad. Uh, that's uh, all you need to know. So, it's too Ghibli. So things don't go great. Yeah, things things don't turn out well for our protagonists. It seems like things were gonna go great though. But I was what I mean, like you know, yeah, you know, he had this really sad thing with his mom dying and everything, and him trying to bring her back to life, and uh, but then you know, like you have this goofy guy with a huge nose that's guiding you, you know, and. You know, you're going into an adventure and you're having fun with the princess and shit. Yeah. Well, no one wants to play like a a constant 
Holocaust kind of game where just everything bad happens constantly. Well, this is kind of what sets an A so far. I don't know, maybe once like there's still time. It moves on. Like I said, yeah, I'm assuming, like I want an hour in, right? So maybe you guys get a little Peter breathing Pong room Pong. and you talk about how much you like, uh, you know, playing cards, Yu-Gi-Oh. You guys play Yu-Gi-Oh with each other. <laughs> maybe you like cat people. Maybe you guys. Maybe one of you identifies as a cat. Man, that would be interesting. And you have to go on a side quest to get her her fur suit. Maybe you see. <laughs> maybe there's a, a small toad that joins your party. Now it's not well, a frog. So this it's was a toad. More like Persona, to be honest. Yeah. It really, it does look just like a kind of soulless Chrono Trigger. Yeah, soulless is a very good way to put it. If um, if the hunt or whatever the fuck the game the Jared played is called uh, was like a scruffer on the edges, liver of love, this is all the opposite. It's like right. This is this is like a sheen, shiny, right, empty, nothing. And that's a good way to look at Hunter's Legacy. Is is like rough around the edges, but with with some heart in right. it. Right. Um, How's the translation in Setsuna? Because that is one thing that's lacking in Hunter's Legacy and something that's really lacking in the other game that I've been playing. But uh, The dialogue is atrocious, but I don't know if it's a translation or if it's just like... It's just bad dialogue. Yeah. Again, looking at screenshots of dialogue for the game, it seems pretty melodramatic. Yeah, and they have this, they do this thing where they explain everything to you. Oh, here's a screenshot where she says, I am Setsuna. She does say it. Nice. That's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. Like this, for example, this one part where like um, they they put you after you try to kill Satsuna and fail because these two like mages stop you. They they tells you like you wake up and they're like these two mages stopped you and they put you to sleep and this is why you're now being held prisoner here. And I'm like yeah, I kind of figured. Yeah, I sent you a screenshot of some A plus dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Dialogue is not great. Uh, maybe he's referring to the BG song. No, he's not. Nah, that's too bad. All right. Well, I'd say that gives us a good, uh, good overview there. Um, I'm curious to see how it evolves and how it changes. I'm also assuming it's a 40-hour kind of experience. For the fucking price, it better be. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty expensive for such an odd thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look. It doesn't really look like a SNES game, but it looks like a PS One. Right. A PS One game that runs slightly better. That's what I would say. Uh, let's see. I don't. It's probably too new to be on. How long to be? Yeah, it's not there yet. So I guess we'll see. But um, yeah, you'll have to keep us up to date. Let us know how how that goes. Sure. Uh, before we finish, before we wrap up. I promised last week that I would give away some shirts. Did you get your shirt, Lucio? I did. I got it today. Is it all in like one piece? Did that package arrive? Yeah, okay. it arrived very well. Okay, good, good. Because that's how I'll ship the other ones too. Um, so I have three 1XL shirts left over. And I don't want them. I'm going to just give them away to the first three people that ask for them. Um, and I wanted that to be an option for podcast listeners first. So if you want a 1XL t-shirt mailed to you for absolutely nothing, um, we can certainly accommodate that. I'm going to give a web address out here to go to. And all you have to do is go here, put in your name, your address, and then if you're one of the first three to do it, a shirt will appear in the mail. And uh, I'm... You- you may want to clarify, is this only open to citizens of the United States? Yes, I have that written on the form, I think. But yes, just to be clear, 
Uh, I'm not paying to ship it to Canada or Mexico or Europe or wherever. So yeah, sorry. Um, if you really want it that bad and you want to pay for shipping, you let me know and we'll figure something out. But uh, for the most part, I am just extending it to the U.S. Uh, so here's the address that you can go to. It's uh, I did a bit.ly, like the Twitter URL shortener. So it's B-I-T dot L-Y and then a forward slash. That's the same one that's on your question mark key. And then you're going to, because you, you, you don't know. And then <sighs> it's going to be two as in two of the seven dwarves. Oh, fucking complicated. I don't know. This is too hard. Um, a as in apple. Uh, a as in another apple. Uh, a capital H as in Hitler. A lower. <laughs> Always got to hit that one. A lowercase b like boy. A capital G as in Goebbels. And a capital three, as in three little pigs. Can we just put it in like the podcast page? No, because then they didn't. Then we won't know that they listened to this masterpiece. I will endorse the shirt. Uh, I wore it the other day, and uh, women just came up and offered themselves to me. Yeah, I figured that it probably would have produced such results. I didn't do anything, and they were just like, "Please take me, Douglas." Look, I don't want to. We don't have to. Shirt. We don't have to sell this super hard. It's a free shirt given to you for doing nothing. So, I mean, if if I have to sell this super hard, then fuck it, man. <laughs> like, I'll just throw them in the garbage. I was wearing the shirt when I perfected my Pokemon Go pickup skills. Oh, yep, naturally. And so they, maybe actually, maybe my advice is bad, and the shirt's great. They asked you, they're like, "What's that weird purple thing on your chest?" And you're like, "Oh, let me tell you, Pokemon." I don't have to explain myself to you. It's a Pokemon. Hey, actually, I would license it to be a Pokemon. Hit us up, Nintendo. Yeah. What would we call him? Slimy. Well, wow, that was easy. Shirticule. <laughs> Shirticule. <laughs> Better than beer. Oh, slime, cool. How about that? I even have a special ability. Iron that? out. I. Because <laughs> he's a shirt. All right. Well, there you go. If you want, if you Excellent. want one of those shirts, let us know. We'll send them out to you. Uh, I think that that is probably about it for today. If you enjoyed our podcast today, you should go subscribe to us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. Make sure you follow us on iTunes or Android, whichever uh, service you use to get your podcasts. 